following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, to play pinball and put in your earplugs put on your eye shades you know where to put the cork Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, and this is The Who. Just two members of The Who, but it's a new album by them. What's it called? Who? It is. Who? Who? Who's the band? Yeah. The band on stage. Who? It's just entitled Who. Really? First album in 37 years. Are they touring these days? They are, and they're, uh, they are playing NKU in April. Really? Yes. So 40 years after um, the, the Cincinnati uh, tragedy. Right. Which I do- watched the documentary on uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it kind of reignited my interest in all that because yeah. I was only, I wasn't even a year old when that happened. Right. So I got to watch that. All of a sudden it kind of reignited my interest in the who. I got a buddy yeah. that was up at that concert and uh, he, uh, Rick Rushing, he, he was there that night when that happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it is definitely tragic. You think these kids, they, that's what's sad about it, is that you've got 16-year-old kids yeah, that were trampled to death. Right. Like that, and, and the different viewpoints of how it all came about. It's, it's, um, yeah, the, it's quite emotional to see these kids. It was, it was festival seating, and mm-hmm. everybody had to get in. It was a rush to get to get to where you could sit on the floor and uh uh it created a bottleneck at the entrances and that's what it that's where it happened and and, and part of part of the issue was where the confusion sat in was um the who was doing a sound check and everybody thought the who had went on early so that caused panic right and everybody started pushing towards the doors and there was only two doors open at the time and what I thought was interesting was um, the Who didn't realize this had all happened. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, the police had told their manager, and the police said, we're, we're stopping the show. The, the Who's not going to play. And the manager, their manager said, you stop this show, 
you're going to have a worse. You're going to have a really bad problem on your hands. These kids are going to riot. Yeah, like you will not believe. Right. And he said it's probably one of the best decisions I made. Even though, in light of the tragedy, we had to do this. Yeah. Okay, let's start with the psalm here. Uh, psalm thirty-one. In Thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the... (coughs) Excuse me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. That's Psalm 31. Well, we got several stories that uh, wanted to cover. Uh, I've discovered, uh, I've been a big reader of the Drudge Report for years, and the Drudge Report was always a conservative-leaning um website with uh they were like an aggregator news aggregator where they would point you to different stories and they've become much more liberal uh and anti-trump so i've discovered uh, a report called the bongino report and they have a much more pro-trump bias and I've enjoyed reading from that. Here's a story from there. New CNN poll finds Americans love Trump's economy. This is from the Bongino report. A new CNN poll has found that 76% of Americans believe the economy is either very or somewhat good, the highest amount since 2001, when 80% felt the same way, the Daily Caller reports. The number is up nine points since last year when 67% of those surveyed approved of the economy. The poll was conducted from December 12th through the 15th in the middle of the Democrats' impeachment efforts. A whopping 97% of Republicans believe the economy is doing well, 75% of independents, and even 62% of Democrats. Democrats' positive view of the economy is up 15 points from August of this year when only 47% said it was in good shape. The great news doesn't stop there, though. CNN writes, and this is CNN saying this, which is very anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-status quo. CNN writes, looking ahead, nearly 7 in 10 expect the economy to be in good shape a year from now. The best outlook in CNN polling since December of 2003. The new finding includes 63% who say things are good now and will continue to be good next year, while just 9% say the economy is currently good but will turn south in 2020. Liberal actor Pierce Brosnan is also pleased with the Trump economy and, to the surprise of many, recently praised the president for his handling of the economy. In an interview... Brosnan said, I think what he's done for the economy is very good. People are working, and that's a step in the right direction. This country is part of my life, he continued. I'm an American citizen. 
I love America, and America's been very good to me, and I want to see happiness come back into our society. The Blaze notes that he, his comments are at odds with what he said in an interview with the Daily Mail last year when Brosnan dramatically pondered leaving the country because of the president. That man has torn this country apart, and you have to work out how much longer you can stay here. So if we can change Pierce Brosnan's mind, who, what else can we do? Very good thing. Uh, another article here on Fox News. Pelosi, days after inviting, Im, after impeaching the president, invites Trump to deliver the State of the Union address. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Friday formally invited President Trump to give his 2020 State of the Union address before the U.S. House just two days after the majority of Congress voted to impeach him. In a letter to Trump, Pelosi cited the constitutional obligation to invite the president to speak from time to time. In the spirit of respecting our Constitution, I invite you to deliver your State of the Union address before a joint session of Congress on Tuesday, February 4th, 2020, in the chamber of the U.S. House of Representatives, Pelosi wrote. The White House on Friday released a statement saying President Donald J. Trump has accepted the Speaker's invitation to deliver the State of the Union Address on February 4, 2020. The February 4th address could come in the midst of a Senate trial if Pelosi sends over the two articles of impeachment House Democrats approved on Wednesday. And Trump's speech would happen at the height of the 2020 election campaign with the Iowa caucuses scheduled a day prior. During the 1999 State of the Union address given by then-President Bill Clinton, he did not mention the then-occurring impeachment trial in the Senate. Several Republican House members boycotted the 77-minute speech to show their displeasure with Clinton. Some Democrats, including Senators Dianne Feinstein of California and Chuck Schumer of New York, joined the Republicans in urging Clinton to delay the address. It wasn't impeachment, but there was high drama for Trump's last State of the Union. His planned January address before the newly elected Democratic House majority was delayed because of a record-long government shutdown that had Trump and Pelosi in a political standoff. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? What do you think? Who are you talking to? Yeah, you're the only one that in the room. <laughs> Tell the listeners it's Elizabeth Dupree. You just introduced yourself. I did. Thank you. What do I think about? I think the Pelosi Trump thing's a clown show, clown parade, whatever you want to yeah. call it. It's it. You know, she says she's honoring the Constitution, but how many other ways has she violated it? <laughs> it's kind of a. It's just. It's it's a clown show. Yeah. Well, good way of putting it. Stay with us. We're going to a break. It is the uh, Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The impeachment of the president. Think of what they did. Personal vendetta damages our country. They will be reelected. This changes everything. Remember in November. And everything happens here. 2020. News Radio 630 WLAP. 
I'm Tom Dupree, Jr. Your retirement investment portfolio is too important to be managed by a one-size-fits-all menu of mutual funds or annuities at the other end of an 800 number or a website. Dupree Financial Group is local, right here on Main Street in Lexington. We specialize in individually managed, not mass-produced investment accounts. If you have a 401k or IRA, we can handle the rollover for you and generally have your money ready to invest within 10 to 12 business days. We design an individual account just for you, our client. Once your plan is implemented, we try to meet with you twice a year to review your plan and make changes if needed. This ensures that any concerns or questions you may have about your money are answered in a timely fashion. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a free review and be sure to listen to Tom Dupree on the weekends at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. I don't care. I know you're gonna hate this song. That's it. We never really got along. It's not new, not diverse. It won't light up your parade. It's just simple verse. All this music will Back on the Tom Dupree Show. John Short, we welcome him to the show. How are you, John? You there? Uh, I'm here, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, you don't. I'm ready for a biggie today. We're going by five biggins. Who are we playing? Ohio State? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We lost, lost a bad game the other night. Utah was not a good game at all. No. I don't think we'll win today either. I only said one time one of our football games and turned out we did win. Yeah, but this is basketball. I know it. We're going to win two games today. We're going to win again women's basketball today too. You think so? Yep. Maybe so. It was not a good game last Sunday. We lost a little. Not a good game at all. It was not a good game. Which game are you talking about? We, we, we lost a little women's basketball last Sunday. Yeah. Not a good game. That was a pitiful game. Right. It was. Now, now you're talking about the impeachment, and the Drudge Report is anti-Trump needed impeachment, the Drudge Report. Yeah. Drudge Report's not doing their job anymore. No, they're not. And also impeaching the entire Democrat Party in the federal level as well as the state and commonwealth level and local level. Impeach the entire Democrat get, Party. Get rid of all of them. Yes. Why not? That's right. Why not? No matter what state and commonwealth they're in, and then also in, in Washington, D.C., impeach them all. All right. I'll let them know that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? So after they get Trump, they get they go and do the same thing to them. Yeah, exactly. For abusing the that, Constitution. 
they are. Yes, they are. Yeah. And so there, there we go. So just Democrats shouldn't be the Constitution. They go about God and the Constitution because God, He's above everybody. Exactly. And the truth is what God says it is. That's right. That's right. All right. A lot of people don't know that. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate it, John. Oh, you know, you're a great American. You're a great American. Thank you. Um, here's another piece of news. The House approves the USMCA trade deal after more than a year of talk sending it to the Senate. The House passes the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, President Donald Trump's replacement for NAFTA. The chamber approves the agreement more than after a year of talks during which Democrats sought tougher enforcement tools for labor standards. The agreement goes to the Senate, which is expected to approve it next year. The House passed the new North American trade deal on Thursday, ending more than a year-long slog to iron out Democratic concerns about the agreement. The chamber approved the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, one of President Donald Trump's economic and political priorities, in an overwhelming 385-41 to 41 vote. 38 Democrats opposed it. The trade pact now heads to the Senate, which is expected to ratify it next year. Most Republicans and Democrats, Democrats have praised the latest version of the three-nation deal, which replaces the North American Free Trade Agreement. GOP lawmakers and key business groups said it will follow through on Trump's promise to refresh NAFTA. Though they have criticized concessions to the Democrat-held House on intellectual property standards, this is the first-ever trade coalition of workers, farmers, Republicans, Democrats, business and agriculture groups, organized labor, and much more, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer said in a statement celebrating the move. Democrats cheered tools to boost enforcement of labor standards saying they would deter companies from moving jobs to Mexico. Still, some lawmakers and unions have concerns the deal does not go far enough to stop American companies from outsourcing jobs. The USMCA tightens rules of origin for auto parts and requires a larger share of cars to be made by workers earning at least $16 per hour. It also increases access to Canadian dairy markets for American farmers and updates digital trade rules, among other provisions. Canada and Mexico are the largest U.S. export markets. Even before the House passed the agreement, Trump started to bill it as a political win as he campaigns for election in 2020. Democrats also wanted to show they can work with Trump only a day after they voted to make him the third president impeached in American history. This vote today is a reminder that even while the House was working to hold our president accountable for his abuses of office, we were still working hard to deliver on our promises to the American people to focus on economic opportunity. And I would simply say that Trump has pushed for this Mexico-Canada agreement for some time, and it's definitely a political win for him to get it done. Um. This is something he's wanted and has been able to get. 
and that's that's good. That's good for the Trump administration. Uh, speaking to reporters Thursday, only hours after the impeachment vote, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi aimed to move focus away from the chamber, charging Trump with abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. She cheered the trade deal and said it took time <coughs> because we weren't going forward until we had the strongest possible enforcement. After a point in the news conference, Pelosi said she would not take any more questions about impeachment. Anybody care about that? Jobs for the American people? She asked. Commercial Workers International Union said the bill did not go far enough to protect food workers for unfair competition from foreign companies not playing by the same rule. Major business groups largely backed the revised USMCA agreement as companies sought market certainty amid Trump's trade war with China. While the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has pushed for the deal's ratification, it took issue with the Trump administration removing a provision that protected makers of so-called biologic drugs from generic competition for at least 10 years. Democrats pushed to remove that measure, saying it would increase drug costs for consumers. Impeaching the president and passing, uh, this is from Chuck Grassley, he said, impeaching the president and passing USMCA in the same week makes immediate action impossible, but I look forward to getting USMCA passed in the Senate and ratified early next year, said Grassley. Okay. Um, that's a win for the president, for sure. And uh, here's a story on the Bongino report. Um, move over, Hunter. Here's an even bigger Joe Biden scandal. With the 2020 election season underway, there's been no shortage of media-driven mudslinging about presidential candidates, as well as scandals both real and manufactured. It may therefore seem pretty remarkable that a few journalists have rehashed Democratic front-runner Joe Biden's reputation for using his political career to turn favors for family members and business partners. But in season and out, my mission is to stand in solidarity with the vulnerable. This means particularly those with the least access to media megaphones. Joe Biden's track of wheeling and dealing is more than what journalists and Congress and investigative bodies and even President Trump have made of it. How big is it? Well, imagine if President Harry Truden after the bombing Truman after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki used his political position to give his own family a multi-million dollar contract to rebuild cities in Japan. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. From iHeartRadio, number one for podcasts, service. We honor our veterans and Gold Star family members on service. Stories of hunger and war. Thanksgiving, I was on KP. The sergeant says, let's do something special. World War II veterans are sharing their holiday memories and more on service. Stories of hunger and war. I wanted to get back to California for Thanksgiving. I come home on a train five days before Christmas. Every day, we do download and play every day. 
this point, I kind of want to smash the TV. But instead, I went to iPlay.com and downloaded the app and play new and classic games on my computer for free. No sign-up and no credit card required. Nothing like a good mystery to take me away, but I don't have time for a movie or a novel. So instead, I'm into the latest iPlay games in the Mystery Case Files Adventure Series. And when I need a classic, Agatha Christie murder mystery games hit the spots. I get my mystery fix and come away thinking more clearly. No Wi-Fi? No problem. With the free iPlay app, I can play my games offline and tune out. I I'm so glad I went to iPlay.com and downloaded the app. It's my daily sanity restoration. I play every day. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi looking to next year. She sent an invite to the president to deliver the address to Congress February 4th for the State of the Union. The White House says he's accepted. But she has not said when she plans to send over articles of impeachment for a Senate trial. ABC's Rachel Scott is in West Palm Beach, Florida, where the president is spending the holidays at his resort. The date is up in the air. The White House has already started preparing a top lawyer touring the Senate chamber where that impeachment trial would take place. President Trump signing the National Defense Authorization Act Friday before he left for Florida, expanding the military's role and creating a first new branch of the military in more than 70 years. The president making it official at Joint Base Andrews. So it's now my honor to sign the 2020 National Defense Authorization Act into law. Space Force funding is part of a $1.4 trillion government spending package, including the Pentagon's budget. Michelle Franz in ABC News. It is a mild weekend across the area. Thermometers on this Saturday with a mix of sunny clouds, generally 50 to 55 degrees. A little more in the way of some cloud cover creeping into the picture as we make our way into your Sunday with temperatures that will top out mainly into the low and mid 50s. I can't rule out a shower or two across southern and southeastern Kentucky at some point late on Sunday into early Monday. But that mild weather train is going to take us right on through Christmas Day. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Get a gorgeous floor at an impressive price at Lumber Liquidator's end of year flooring sale. This week, get solid hardwood from only $2.99 per square foot and save an extra 10 to 25% on clearance deals. And to help you decide which floor is best, you can see hundreds of our floors in your space with Picture It, our online visualizer tool, only at llflooring.com. These are the floors homes are built on. Lumber Liquidator's flooring. Message and data rates may apply. Earning your degree from one of the top business schools in the country might sound impossible to fit into your workload. But what if there were a business degree that advanced your career skills and gave you access to world-renowned faculty, leaders, and mentors all on your schedule? One that opened doors to some of the most influential CEOs, tech companies, law firms, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And what if you could earn that degree in as little as 16 months, 100% online? Find out more. Text RESULT to 79645. Start on the path to earning your MBA or Business Analytics Master's degree online from the W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University today. Learn more about the graduate programs from the top-ranked W.P. Carey School of Business at Arizona State University offered 100% online. 
Text RESULT to 79645. That's R-E-S-U-L-T to 79645. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom DePree Show. McConnell declares impasse in talks with Democrats over Trump trial and Senate. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said Thursday he has reached an impasse with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer over moving forward with the rules governing a Senate trial of President Donald Trump who was impeached by the House on Wednesday. Well, imagine that. McConnell and Schumer can't agree. McConnell and Schumer have openly feuded in recent days over their computing, competing views of what a tr- Senate trial of Trump, who became just the third president ever to be impeached, should look like. House Democrats have said they may not submit the article's impeachment to the Senate unless McConnell agrees to rules that ensure a fair trial which Schumer has said should include witnesses who did not give testimony to the House. A continuing impasse could mean that Trump will have to wait indefinitely to be acquitted by the Republican-controlled Senate. In a brief Senate floor speech Thursday evening, McConnell said he'd had a cordial conversation with Schumer earlier in the day about the potential pass forward for a Senate trial. He reiterated that he'd like the Senate to confirm conformed to the precedent set in 1999 during the Senate trial of then-President Bill Clinton following his own impeachment. Back then, there was a two-resolution process, an initial agreement to first hear the president, prosecution, and then the defense arguments, and a vote later on on whether to have witnesses or not. Schumer has pushed for a single resolution that would set the parameters for the opening arguments that would also allow for the calling of witnesses in the Senate trial of Trump. Schumer has said he wants the Senate during its trial of Trump to call as witnesses formal National Security Advisor John Bolton and acting White House Chief of Staff Nick Mulvaney, as well as two others, to testify about Trump's Ukraine dealings. We remain at an impasse because my friend, the Democratic leader, continues to demand a new and different set of rules for President Trump, McConnell said Thursday. He wants to break from the unanimous bipartisan precedent and force an all-or-nothing approach, McConnell added. Bolton and Mulvaney did not testify during the House's impeachment inquiry. McConnell said Schumer wanted a special pretrial guarantee that House Democrats themselves did not bother to pursue as they assembled their case. See, that's what McConnell said all along, that they've got a weak case and that Schumer wants to try to strengthen it by something that they would do in the Senate. Um, McConnell also criticized House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for taking the highly unusual step of waiting to transmit the approved articles of impeachment against Trump to the Senate. McConnell said he didn't understand the move by Pelosi and said, while cracking a smile, that he didn't agree with the idea that delaying the transmission might give her leverage in dictating the rules of the Senate trial. 
I admit I'm not sure what leverage there is from refraining from sending us something we do not want, McConnell said. But alas, if they can figure that out, they can explain it. Trump, meanwhile, treated, tweeted Tuesday night that he wanted an immediate trial and slammed Democrats for telling the Senate how to run their trial. Pelosi, for her part, has also refrained from announcing her selection of House managers or prosecutors to present the case against Trump at the Senate trial. She said Wednesday night it would be difficult to determine who the managers would be until we see the area in which we will be participating. The House, however, competed its last votes of the year earlier on Thursday, and McConnell said Thursday that senators need not return to Washington for votes until January 6th. So <clears throat> they can't agree on how to do the trial of Trump. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm over here trying to take uh, notes on all these intelligent things you're spewing. Yeah. yeah they are intelligent, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. And just deep. Uh, it's the whole thing is i mean it's just there's not any foundation to it yeah and building a case around something where there's no foundation it's pretty tough to do well and then then you also draw into you know who's telling the truth and who's not and uh there's a lot of jockeying for position it's just it's you know how i can't stand politics anyway and the fact that you have built a radio show around politics to an extent it's kind of it's sad it's not sad that you built the show it's just the situation of politics it's it's sad that there's as much discussion over nonsense yeah i agree it is nonsense and the american people want their leaders to focus on jobs running the country doing justice for the people rather than um, this kind of crazy thing. Well, we were we had dinner with some people last night, and we were discussing... Um, Your father. Yeah, thanks. Uh, how it was actually... It's making Trump's case for re-election strong. Yeah. And that... I mean, who would have ever thought... That and it seems like it's going to backfire on the Democrats. We'll we'll have to see. But um, you know, I was saying that I had seen on social media. There's so many misconceptions that are out there right now. I'd seen on social media that um, somebody said that that Trump and the House and the Senate they should all you know forego their um, income or their salaries and maybe things would get worked out and they'd work for the people. Well, Trump's already doing. He's that. already done that. He's already doing that. And how how the American public is so misinformed, but they're informed about all of this stupid stuff that has no grounds. It yeah. Read people, you know, just do your research exactly, and don't believe everything you read. Find your sources and and vet them. Yep. You ought to get it from the Tom Dupree show. Well, even the Tom Dupree show didn't realize that the Drudge Report had been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read the Drudge Report quite a bit, and I realized it had taken a liberal turn. 
All right, here's an article uh, from uh, Peggy Noonan. Crazy won't beat Trump. Impeachment looks like a victory for the Democrats, but their lurch left will prove <coughs> far more consequential. Democrats think they've just had a big triumph. The president's been impeached, but Republicans see themselves as gaining the upper hand. The House never, the House couldn't lift the event to an air of historical gravity. They dressed in dark clothes and never smiled as at a wake. But the deceased was making kicking sounds from the casket and appeared to be tweeting, so it was un- incongruous. There was no debate, and no one tried to persuade anybody. The revealing moment was when Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced the first article had passed, and some Democrats apparently began to clap. She threw them the mother of five look. Don't make me come up there. There were surely members of the progressive caucus. They wanted to applaud because they were happy, and they were happy because they are shallow. Yeah, they are shallow. That's right, Peggy. They're the squad, AOC, these people. Give me a break. What felt like news came the day after when Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who throughout the crisis has been relatively quiet and oblique (coughs) and who is never interesting by accident, suddenly became fiery. The Senate exists for a moment like this, he said rather menacingly. Transient passion and violent factionalism have swept the House. The moment the framers feared has arrived. A political faction in the lower chamber has succumbed to partisan rage. They have produced a failed inquiry, a slapdash case, which is constitutionally incoherent. So the Senate must put this right. This was, among other things, the leader of the Senate declaring war on at least the actions of the House and its Speaker. Again, this is not some House blowhard, but a serious man and a careful one. Why such charged language? Why isn't he being boring and letting this dribble it out over the holidays, letting the mood change and cooling the embers? Maybe because for the first time since this drama began, Republicans are starting to think their position is gaining. Their thinking would have to do with the immediate picture and the broader national one. The immediate picture, a Quinnipiac poll shows support for President Trump's impeachment and removal from office has gone down since October to 45%. So let's take a break there. It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. It was April. Colossal surge on the border. 2019. Cathedral of Notre Dame. More investigation. No indictment. Welcome to 2020. Julian Assange. Joyful Easter Sunday. See people. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree of Dupree Financial Group. Frequently, I hear from people I meet that say, oh, I've heard you on the radio, and I've been planning to set an appointment with you. Let me say to all of you to whom this applies, call us now. There are several good things that happen when you set an appointment with us, but the main one is that you're no longer in the dark about your finances. We give you lots of information about your accounts, completely free and without obligation. Also, we let you know in no uncertain terms if we think you are on a good track for retirement or not. We are a candid guide to all of our clients and prospects. 
We tell you the truth. For a free, no-obligation review of your retirement investments, call us at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturdays at 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Tom Dupree Show. For one, in the past 10 days, the latest job numbers came out, and America has functional full employment. A Quinnipiac poll released December 10th showed that since February 2018, the share of the population who believe the Republicans handled the economy better than the Democrats has gone up seven points from 42% to 49%. The share who say they are better off financially since 2016 is 57%. This is a powerful number. When people have peace and prosperity, they don't like to make a change at the top. That's what saved Bill Clinton when he was impeached. They knew he'd done what he was accused of, but they let it go. In months of hearings, the American people witnessed serious and credible testimony from officials of the obvious stature who said essentially, The president abused his power. None of this did the president any good, but there was no dramatic insider testimony from someone such as John Bolton, a Trump appointee who might have been astringent in his portrait of how the White House operates and believed by the president's supporters. The idea that America's national security was endangered by the president's actions with Ukraine did not take. And the debate never moved beyond party lines. My guess is that after the testimony, voters thought the president guilty but did not see this as a story as equal to the 1972 break-in at the Democratic National Committee or the cultural catastrophe of the Clinton scandals. They figured, we have a presidential election less than a year away. Settle it there. They also probably think he didn't get away with it because he didn't. The president has been punished in the court of public opinion, punished every day in the hearings, and punished in the impeachment vote, which will now be the first paragraph of all his obituary. If he committed knuckle-dragging malfeasance, he's paid the price. But the broader reality helping the president, fortifying his position and that of his party, is one of the insufficiently noted stories of 2019. In terms of politics, it is a story of 2019 bigger than the impeachment. It is that it poised to defeat an unpopular president. The Democratic Party picked itself up and placed itself outside 
the mainstream of American politics. <clears throat> in almost every national public presentation this year, especially in their presidential debates, they branded themselves not as what they had to be, a sophisticated party with a working class heart, but what they couldn't be, extreme left-wing progressives. It was a historic misjudgment. And uh, and it continues to be. I don't really think that Trump gives a rip whether he's unpopular or whether impeachment's I mean, he's got a big ego, but do you really think he cares, you know, if impeachment is, he's done so many controversial things in his life. His tweets are controversial on a yeah. daily basis. Do you think that that controversial label? That he cares? That he cares? No, I think he likes it. Well, and it just, when it strengthens his position for reelection. Yeah. I mean, it could, it, I doubt if it's a, impeachment would ever be a strategy. But, uh, you know, another one of my social media friends made a, a post about how this was playing straight into Trump's hands. Yeah. It was almost like it was choreographed. Right. To, to work that way and how it's backfired on the Democrats. And one of the comments that shocked me, because you, you don't usually see this, was um, this lady said, I did not vote for Trump the first time, but I'm going to this time. Isn't that interesting? Crazy. Yeah. How many? I've never seen uh, somebody admit a reversal. You usually just hear him bashing, right, and saying how terrible he is, and it's how he amazing needs to go. And it really is. But I haven't heard a reversal or seen a reversal like that. Yeah, and I think there may be several of those uh, because probably. people are just so tired of what they've done with basically Trump hating on full display in the House. Just they hate his guts, and they decided to impeach him based on hating him, and everybody has seen that for what it is. Well, I think it even goes deeper than that. I think the people are sick of government not working for them. Yeah, it's working in a partisan fashion and to blow each other up instead of to make the American people to represent the American people and what they need. Yeah, I, I agree with that's you. That's the bottom line. Elizabeth Warren says corporations have no loyalty to America or its workers. Senator Elizabeth Warren discussed her vision for reshaping American capitalism in an interview that aired Monday morning. The Massachusetts Democrat, one of the leading candidates for president, talked about what she describes as an accountable capitalism with CNBC's John Harwood. Harwood, Harwood um, questioned Warren about her criticism of Mayor Pete Judge, for his previous work as a McKinsey consultant. Harwood asked, isn't consultancy that advises business on how to be more lean and efficient part of the creative destruction that makes capitalism capitalism? In response, Warren tried to delineate her view more explicitly. It depends on the kind of capitalism we're talking about, she said. I am proposing something called accountable capitalism. You may remember that for more than a century, American corporations owed multiple duties. They owed duties to their investors, but also to their employees, to their customers, to the communities where they were located, to our country. The tradition in modern times has been that America's boards of directors owe a fiduciary duty to the corporations and their shareholders. 
That means that American corporations today have no loyalty to America or American workers, Warren said. Part of Warren's plans to fix the flaws she sees would require big companies to be chartered at the federal level. Those charters would say that companies owe all these multiple duties, Warren said, and would allow employees to elect 40% of corporate votes of directors to make sure. Warren went on to discuss her so-called two-cent wealth tax. As I say in every one of my town halls, if you made it big, I mean really big, that's good for you. That's great. But pitch in two cents so everyone else gets a chance to make it big. Because for me, <clears throat> that's what this is all about. She has proposed that households would pay an annual 2% tax on every dollar of net worth above $50 million and a 6% tax on every dollar of net worth above $1 billion. Hedge fund manager Leon Cooperman and foreman Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein are among those who have publicly criticized Warren for her proposed wealth tax and posited that markets would tumble should she win. Harwood asked Warren why she thinks some people believe they're being vilified and believe she's not a capitalist. You'd have to ask them, Warren said. A lot of them just don't want to pay the taxes. And that's part of the problem we've got here. Government listens disproportionately to rich guys who don't want to pay taxes. Well, you know, Warren is a left-wing ideologue that basically wants to tax free enterprise out of existence. That's what she's basically said she wants to do. Anyway, um, and one way to start is to tax people who have net worths and just tax their net worth. If you're taxing it at 6% a year, if it's over a billion dollars, you have to earn 8% to stay in place. So, you know, it would make it a lot harder. How many people do you think that actually affects? It doesn't matter how many it affects. It's the principle of it. It's just unfair. Well, but just in, in I mean, how many people? That are billionaires? Yeah. A couple hundred. Maybe, no, maybe 2,000, something like that. I mean, Elizabeth Warren is is kind of a non-factor. Well, she has... Or has made herself a non-factor. She's beginning, beginning to be a non-factor. All right, stay with us. We continue to go for the next hour. Should have Mike Johnson in here. And uh, we'll be dealing with some things about the economy and the markets. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP.